Hey friends, I'm Scott Hanselman. I'm Stephanie Herbert. And it's the Open Source Show. I work on C Sharp and OpenSource.net at Microsoft, and I've been here about 10 years. I am a founder at Binomial. We work on open source image compression solutions. Open source image compression solutions. Okay, I have to go and like search for all of those things. <laughs> yeah, most people know of JPEG though, right? JPEG doesn't work on GPUs. So GPU is the graphics card, graphical processing unit? That's right. GPUs were invented a while ago to help images get displayed on the screen. JPEG was invented before that. So we are working on getting images up to modern standards. And the web has been the hardest place to make that transition. Mm -hmm. Now, a GPU is another computer in my computer, right? A little bit, yeah. It's um, The difference between the GPU and the CPU is that the GPU is very parallel. So it's used in things like AI and machine learning and also graphics because it can run a lot of little tasks like displaying all the pixels on your screen mm -hmm. at the same time. And the texture is like if I'm walking in Castle, Castle Wolfenstein and I see a brick, I assume someone took a picture of a brick and then like made bricks all over the wall? Exactly. So a texture in a game could be uh, one that covers, a, you know, an object wraps around it. Like mm -hmm. my face would be a, a 3D model and a 2D texture would, would show my face. So there's that application, but there's also just 2D images on websites. You know, whenever you're browsing, you see, mm -hmm. you know, what's normally a JPEG or a PNG now. And we're working to get those working on the GPU as well. So you're making a new texture compressor. Exactly. We're working with open standards and why open is close to my heart. We're working with the Kronos Group in this case to make it an open standard so that anyone can make image compressors and replace JPEGs with uh, modern equivalent. But how do you make a company and do open standards at the same time? It's Really interesting balance and, I, and one that I hope a lot more people take to heart. We have a closed source component, the compressor, and we have the open standard that anyone can make compressors for. So we just provide one solution. It's how we eat and pay the bills, <laughs> but we keep the standard open so anyone can kind of thrive in this ecosystem. It can live on its own and other people can pick it up. Is that because the business that you're in, which is texture compression, includes both the compression part and the decompression part and one half of the core? One side of the coin can be free and the other side can be charged. Exactly. For. So texture compression is nicely sorted to that. One part can be open, anyone can like compress to that spec, and then a part of it can be closed. Mm. But you can also do that with, you know, for instance, games can have a proprietary bit of the game and then release like an API. Okay, so the standard is the the goal. So it's like make the Kessel run. And then if you can make it in less than 12 parsecs, that's on you. And you know, it's all about trade-offs. For example, we are not real-time compression. We aim for the smallest image possible. Mm -hmm. Others might look for compressing it in the fastest amount of time. That's not what we do. We welcome other people to make solutions like I see. That. Each of those is to the spec, so there's room for everyone to play. There's room for everybody. So, and it's it's through the Kronos Group, it's through an initiative called GLTF, and we're actually actively inviting people to help us make that open standard. Is this a thing where I need to know a lot of math? Like your background is in math, like you have degrees in math. <laughs> To make the compressor, it does require some math knowledge, but to, you can work on all kinds of things around it. You can build uh, tools for the ecosystem that don't require math. They just require knowing the existing pipelines and, for instance, getting it into modern engines or web browsers. So when, like, as far as I got in math was like the thing that looks like a giant E means like sum. That's about <laughs> as far as I got. Oddly enough, a lot of math and graphics and image compression isn't that advanced. It's linear algebra. It's, I mean, that, that's. <laughs> <laughs>
it's not, it, you don't need a PhD to know linear algebra. You can take, you know, um, undergrad college course and have all the math you need. It's, so it's Khan Academy level math. I can exactly. learn, I can teach myself with open coursework. And the key is just looking at papers from SIGGRAPH is a good example, from graphics conferences, seeing what the cutting edge algorithms are and trying to learn from that. And you can honestly get up to speed and teach yourself. Seriously. Yeah. So even though this initially seems like deeply scary, I could go and learn some of this stuff and get involved and read this back myself. You absolutely can. And the math is just a small part of it. A lot of it is optimizing it for certain CPUs or certain computer science concepts. So it's it's a lot more than just math. So it's cool. And that's what you're working on day to day. What about you? What are you up to these days? Uh, well, one of the things that I'm excited about, I'm not uh, doing it by myself. It's part of a larger community effort, is an open source artificial pancreas. That's incredible. Yeah, so I'm a type one diabetic. Uh, that means that my body doesn't produce any insulin at all. Uh, I've been that way since I was 20. It's, so I'm gonna pull stuff out of my pocket here. I've got a, uh, I've got an insulin pump. Wow. That is uh, plugged into my body 24 seven. This is actually the tube and the insulin is in there. Mm -hmm. And a screw drive turns and then moves that plunger, which then delivers the insulin. And oh. I keep that under my pillow and I make sure that I don't rotate twice in the wrong direction. <laughs> you, you Surprisingly, after many, many years, you learn not to do that. You, if you rotate once, you gotta rotate back the other way so you don't get tangled up in your tubes. Um, uh, but this is a very, very old insulin pump and there's no open specifications for how to talk to it. And it's pre-Bluetooth. This existed before Bluetooth. This is, uses radio frequency. Wow. Sub one gigahertz, around 916 megahertz radio frequency, similar to a garage door opener. How did you hear about this? Well, the insulin pumps are something that lots of diabetics use, okay. and this is basically the right, not the read. It's mm -hmm. the right. I can deliver insulin and then send it down. Mm -hmm. um, I canceled that. Um, this doesn't know my blood sugar. So there's a loop that I have to close. I have to check my blood sugar and figure out what my blood sugar is. So this is the right, but no read. I've got a sensor plugged in here. It's actually a Bluetooth device that's plugged into my belly right here. I can go on my phone and show my blood sugar. Wow. That's my blood sugar. And you can see tacos, and now it's coming back down. So it's a little bit high during lunch, and it's coming back down into the normal range. That's fascinating. This is the read. So this is one company, and this is the right, mm -hmm. different company. And the loop is me looking at my blood sugar, thinking about what I should do, and then making a decision. Got it. If I can close that loop, maybe I would not have to think about it. Right. right? So is this an open source project anyone can contribute There's to? actually two competing but collaborating open source artificial pancreases and possibly another three or four coming up. I see. So what a number of people, and this is a whole community of people have done, is they've made a bridge. This is a, remember, a non-Bluetooth enabled pump. Mm -hmm. This is a radio frequency to Bluetooth bridge with a GPS tracker on top with open source hardware. Wow. And open source software inside of a 3D printed case. It's called a Riley Link, R-I-L-E-Y. That makes this 15-year-old insulin pump now Bluetooth addressable. That is fascinating. Brings up a really interesting thing. The great thing about open source is that if you want to get involved, you can look at Night Scout at nightscout.info. Mm -hmm. You can look at OpenAPS at openaps.org, which is a group started by a woman named Dana Lewis, who's a Seattleite. Talk to her. She's great. Uh, and Loop or LoopKit, which is the tool that I'm running. You can go and Google for LoopKit. So there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in the health uh, world right now, and that's kind of what I'm excited about. I love that. Yeah. We're doing all kinds of great stuff on open source around Microsoft. Check out open 
opensource.microsoft.com. Be sure to subscribe on the subscribe button here on YouTube. Absolutely. If you want to learn more, check out binomial.info for the work I'm doing. If you want to try our compressor, you can, you can talk to us that way. GLTF is the open source initiative. There are links in the description that can get you even more resources. And have a great day. Have a good one.